Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It depends on where you are. Our guest this afternoon, well, for us here in Merrimar, Florida, it's really good evening, right? But our guest will tell you that it's good morning. <laughs> you know, what a wonderful world that we live in, um, that it depends on where the sun shines at us, that, you know, we say good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever, you know, um, to, to greet the day and to greet others. But we'll be talking about a very important thing today. When we talk about organizations, I'm excited. Right? I have a, a master's in organizational studies. My doctoral study actually um, focused on organizational leadership. And I love organizations. Organization has been a part of us. Everywhere we go in our communities, we will see a number of organizations. And in fact, the, the grocery store down the road may be consider, considered an organization. Our schools, our churches, church groups, right? The, the neighborhood associations are organizations. 4-H club are organizations. So when you look at it, organizations are basically a group of people working together, right? Exist in order to, to achieve a common purpose organizations are very critical entities in our communities in our society and um, our guests will be talking a lot about organization as it relates to resilience and why i why i want to 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 create this sort of a backdrop because she'll be looking at organization as uh, morgan would look at it as a an, an organism machine brain culture I'm going to look at it basically as a political system, a psychic prison, but our guests will be looking at it more like a legal entity, a legal person, an organism, because you speak about the resilience of organizations and individuals in organizations. Our guests will come to you with a wealth of knowledge, and she's out of Australia, and I, I, I want to know... It's morning for her and it's night for me. It's almost 7 o'clock here in Merrimar, Florida, 7 p.m. ET. In, in, in a couple of hours, I will be in bed. But our guests in a couple of hours will be on the road. You know, will be where she will be um, doing what she wants to do throughout the course of the day while we sleep. I will let Jody in to talk to me about all of this. Jody, why are you awake now? And out to you know be up and about up and about while i should be in bed in another another couple of hours talk to me about that where are you from jody <laughs> <laughs> i'm in victoria in australia which if people know melbourne um i'm i'm basically in regional victoria so about an hour north of melbourne so as you said your evening over there it's just about nine o'clock in the morning here wow wow <laughs> That's all right. I've had my morning already. It's your time. Okay. Tell me about you, though. Who is Jody? Um, okay. So, in terms of the work that I do, which is mainly work. what we're going yeah. to talk yeah, about, yep. Fine. Fine. Yeah. Yep. Um, I work on resilience. So, that is resilience from an individual perspective. So, people building their own resilience. But as you mentioned, also in terms of organisations. So that's um, leaders building their own resistance and also resilience in their team and cultures in an organisation around how to build a culture where it's um, it's better for people so that they don't feel as stressed and they're more resilient to the stresses that, that come up as part of running an organisation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, you've been talking a lot about resilience. Right. Um, what does that mean, though? It's such a good question. Um, so resilience from an individual perspective to me is you're building up things in your life so that when stresses happen, because we all have them, um, you stay calm and in that um, that more controlled calm state as much as possible the reality is though we live in a world that has stresses and there's very few people who can stay calm all the time so the other side of it is um 
that when there are things that are stressing you and you're feeling stressed, to pick it in yourself sooner rather than later, sort of as quickly as possible, and then bring yourself back to calm as quickly as possible. And there's sort of a third kind of side to it too in that um, that sometimes we are um, really, really pressured and really not doing well. That um, I've heard it referred to as grit, be able to kind of get yourself back, push yourself through it and get yourself back up on your feet and for it to not be long-term something that's kind of defeats you. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting. This is um, Kenyut Exploration. I am Dr. Kenyut White reaching out to you from Merrimar, talking to Jodi in Australia, right? Morning for her. Jodi, I'd like to find out, how do you consciously and systematically build that sort of resilience into organizational culture, especially for, for enduring cultural um, cancer? Yep. Um, it's, it's an interesting process. The first thing with organizations is to work out what's actually going on. Because, and, and the, the way it works, sort of the larger the organization, the, the trickier that oh, yeah. that is. Um, so the first step is to always actually work out what's going on. So work out um, what are the things that stress your people? What are the challenges that they're facing? What are they looking for um, out of their employment? Um, why do they actually come to work every day? So to get a really, the first step is always get a really, really accurate picture of what's going on. And there's various ways of doing that. And yeah. organisations do that to various degrees of effectiveness. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, Yep. And then and then the second step is once they have that accurate accurate picture to actually systematically go through and create um, support structures or systems or mentoring or there's all sorts of different ways of doing it to actually um, highlight the strengths and to to address those weaknesses and address those those challenges um so yeah it's a systematic first step is is work out what's going on actually do stuff to address it and then down the track to actually reassess and go okay where are we at what do we need to do differently um right yeah you know as you as you talk um jordi i i recall people talk about absenteeism right we know that you know constantly being away from work absent from work but there's also this concept on the other flip on the flip side of presentism. You know, you're at work, but say something about presentism a, a little, you know, yep. as it relates to resilience. Yep. So presentism is where somebody is physically at work. And like if we talk in the work from home sort of circumstances, they're actually sort of on the clock working, but they're, they're at home, um, but they are not as productive and as engaged as they could be or as the organisation would like them to be. So generally when when there's um, a lot of presentism, the, the productivity drops and people's engagement and, and sort of really being involved and, and innovative and helping others and all that sort of stuff drops as well. So... I want you guys to know that you can be at work and not be present, so to speak, you know, uh, as, as Jody has explained, right? So that's presentism. You, you absenteeism, you're not there. Presentism, you're there physically, but you're really not there sort of mentally, sort of being productive, right? So that's, that's is, is um, critical. You need to be productive. Uh, Jody, we don't have to accept stress as a way of life. There is a better option. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So this is this is almost like my personal mission. Um, to me, what I see out there in the world is there is so much stress, and we live so much in a state of um, stress that we almost don't um, don't realize that we are stressed. It's become almost the norm, and really, it's not a great thing for us long term it's not a great thing health wise it's not a great thing um mental health wise so physical and mental health it 
it causes um, challenges in things like how we um, think clearly under pressure. It causes problems usually with relationships, that sort of stuff. So it's it's not a great way to to live our lives, but it's become such a norm of the way we live our lives now that it's almost accepted as as the norm, and people almost don't even realize when they're stressed. So part of what I'm doing is is raising awareness that actually this isn't kind of a normal way of living or it shouldn't be and there are things that you can do to kind of help yourself so if we're living constantly in this stressed um, fight or flight that's a survival mechanism that um, if you go back to the biological origins of it it's a life or death situation body reacts to give you the best chance of of surviving that's what the stress response is, which is fantastic in a life or death situation. But if we're living our everyday life in that way, it's really not a fantastic thing for our health, our relationships, our general well-being, long-term and short-term. So my mission um, is raising awareness and raising awareness around that there, there's other options. There's things that you can do to not be in that state all the time. But, but Jordi, you will appreciate as you know an organizational consultant as, as i am you know the the organization actually creates stress for us for workers for individuals so you will go to work and it's inevitable that you become stressed especially if the organization is not family oriented what do you think um there is always going to be stresses so there's always going to be, so if you take in terms of like a workplace, there may be um, something goes wrong on a production line, so everything has to stop and, and there's a big cost of it stopping and everybody yeah. has to stop and fix it. Um, it could be there's, I mean, we've gone through a huge period of it with, with COVID where there's been major market changes and major delivery changes and the way we work for, for most organisations really changed you're never going to really take out all of those stresses but the organization can do things to support people so that's to support them individually but also to set up things in in the organization that mean people are going to respond to the stresses better so a really good example um in an organizations is things there's, a, there's quite a few of them but things like um having systems and processes so that um when something happens people can work within within basically predefined um parameters predefined processes so they don't have to be they they can um, know where their authority and accountability stands, know how to proceed in a, in a calmer way, not have to seek help and permission as much, know when they have to seek. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. like um, there's things that you can do and there's so many of them. Systems is just one of them. There's things that you can do so that your people feel safer, in control, um, and they feel like they're empowered to be able to address those stresses as they come up. Right. And I agree with you. That, that's very critical, Jody. Jody, work-related resilience, what does that really mean? Well, it goes back. So you do you mean not from an individual perspective? You mean from the organisational perspective? No. No? Okay. Um, basically, as I said before, with resilience, it's staying calm as much as possible. But when you um, are feeling stressed, spot it in yourself and bring you back to you, yourself back to calm as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take that into a work-related situation, it's it's um, we are individuals working in organisations. So the first side is is to build up your own resilience um, and the, the individual resilience of all of the teams within the organization. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Because the, the, this whole thing, you, you have answered correctly, because I guess this whole thing about resilience, um, looking at organization from an organism perspective, as we said about Morgan, yeah, it will it will speak to, to, to us even as um, a resilient individual. 
right? So, so just consider organization going through a number of challenges as well, I, I guess. Yeah, so, so we got that. You know, very interesting organization, even as a legal person, you know, can, can be looked at. You, you basically sue the organization and, and not necessarily the owner of the organization. Wow. You know, but um, how do you differentiate um, the larger systemic issue versus the individual ability to, to self-care, sort of, and provide self-maintenance? Yeah, you actually really need both. So um, for an organisation to really work well, you need um, you need organisation, you need individuals who have their own resilience in check um, so that they're able to look after themselves um, personally um, and organizations can do things to help people with that so providing things like um, coaching things like training programs that sort of stuff from an organizational point of view it's setting up that environment um, as we sort of said before setting up that environment so that people are more able to stay yeah in that calm state, more know where they stand, know that they are, um, are, are safe and not feel like things like, um, how do I explain? So so things like if people feel like they can't speak up and voice their opinion, they yeah. feel that they don't have security in their job, they feel that there's no greater purpose in the, the role that they're doing. All of those things are things that are going to work against the organisational resilience and the, the individuals within that yeah. working together as a team towards the greater organisation. So it's a it's a funny thing. So you, yeah. to say it more succinctly, the individuals have to build their own resilience and the organisation has to support them in that yeah. but also provide the structure that helps um, create that. So through things like, as I said, psychological safety systems, a greater purpose, that right. sort of stuff. But, but do you think we really, I, I mean, I, I must stop saying we. Do you think that <laughs> employees really care about the organisation? Most employees? Is there a, a, a loyalty that exists really? Yep, it's a really interesting point um, because employees who are engaged and do actually care and see a greater purpose in the work that they do mm -hmm. are generally better employees they they're more they stay longer they're happier they generally work harder they're more productive they have more ideas of ways to do things better um so i think you're right the reality is a lot of staff don't care about their organization but it's human nature to want to be part of a bigger purpose it's human nature to want to do a good job it's yeah. almost as if things get in the way of that so yes you do have employees who aren't they don't care about their employer or or, or they're not engaged but for most people yeah. there's a reason that that's developed mm -hmm. most people don't start out in a job that way they actually really yeah. want to do a good job they i mean you spend so many hours of the day working you want to actually be somewhere where you're valued, you feel what you're doing is important, you feel what the organisation is doing is important. So, yeah, yes, you're right. probably, yeah. You're, you're in, right about that, you know, definitely. Um, what are some of the major behaviours uh, or workplace norms that you readily identified as being problematic? Yeah, so I've gone through a few of them already. I'll... I'll um, I'll, I'll go through some more and then and then really focus on one in particular. Okay. Um, psychological safety is sort of the one I'll, I'll focus on in particular. This a lot of people have heard this at the moment, and it's, it's a buzzword at the moment. People talk about psychological safety, yeah. but when you don't have psychological safety, it causes major issues in the workplace. So, what psychological safety is? is that people feel safe to voice their opinion, even if it is different to other people who they work with. Um, 
they feel safe to try new things, to innovate, to develop their skills and maybe not be great at something for a little while. It's that that thing of I can make mistakes, I can try new things, I can say things, and I'm still in a safe environment. So the opposite of that is that people don't feel safe, which means they normally stick to themselves more. If they have ideas, they they keep them to themselves more. Sometimes they can end up being quite resentful that their voice isn't heard, um, that it's not valued, that basically they're wide talk up because I'm overridden anyway. Um, so that's one of the big ones that's, that's a big issue. I mean, and the other ones that I've kind of mentioned is things like um, I briefly mentioned purpose, having a greater purpose of the organisation and, and their role in it. If that's absent, you can lose people a little bit. Um, things like a, a, an imbalance between the amount of effort and the reward, and reward can be money and pay, but it can also be, um, I don't know, acknowledgement and career progression and all that sort of stuff. Um, as I said, I mentioned systems before. Um, people not feeling supported, cared for, Valued is a huge one. Um, issues in terms of workplace dynamics, so things like um, politics, conflict, bullying, um, that sort of stuff. There's there, there, there's quite a few more, but that's sort of to give you there, there's certain... Nepotism, nepotism perhaps as well. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a you know, serious one. Interesting. It's like, yeah, yeah. So favoritism, whether that's because of, as you said, nepotism or, or for whatever reasons, like yeah. um, used to be described a lot of the time as the boys club. Um, yeah, it can, yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. You're listening to Ken Youth Exploration. I'm Dr. Ken Youth White. And um, I'm sitting here with Jody out of Australia. I'm in Merrimore, reaching out to you from Merrimore. We're talking about organizational re resilience. And um, it's important for us to also, Jody, look at um, individual level, the individual level, and what does it mean to, to build your own resilience. Um, you, you perhaps touch on that a little, but um, if you could expand on it, because in the organization, we as individuals need to build that sort of resilience in order to, again, feel comfortable spending days in the organization, you know, Hours in the organisation. <laughs> yep. So I look at individual resilience on three levels. So the first level is when you are feeling stressed to recognise that in yourself and um, to bring yourself back to calm. And basically the stress response has a lot of physiological sides to it there's a lot of things that happen physiologically so there's certain things once you recognize your stress that you can do that work basically to overcome that physiological response and to bring you back to calm so that's the first level and and then um i can go through some of those if you like they're, they're usually um quite quick and easy to learn yeah. and some of them are quite fun and and yeah, novel yeah yep oh yeah. well so um with any of these reset things, as I said, they go to the physiologically and no one thing works for everybody. So um, the, the most common one that works for more people than any others is probably the deep belly breathing mm -hmm. where you, you slow your breathing down, you breathe from the bottom of your lungs. And it's called belly breathing because if you're breathing right, your belly goes in and out. Yeah. Um, and basically, you slow down that breathing pattern and that physiologically tells your body, I'm not in life or death, brings you back to calm. But there's some other um, quite you interesting... You can share another one. I mean, I'm good. I'm good. You You're can good? Share another one. You can share another one if you want to, Jody. I'm good. Okay. Share another one. Is there another one my, you want to share? My personal favourite one's this. Um, so basically, you... you Firmly hold your arms, cross your arms, and firmly hold the, the upper your upper arms, and you and you rub firmly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel calm. Yeah, I feel like you know. I'm, I'm, yeah. 
it actually has it's strange it actually has a physiological response it's right. probably the one that works the most on me out of all of them and i almost instantaneously feel myself relaxing oh yeah it, it happens and i i felt that way as well <laughs> great <laughs> so this is something jordy that 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 um employees can do sitting at the desk being stressed out you know being on the computer they can just you know calmly relax like yeah i love that <laughs> i mean if you're in a public place that mightn't be a great option so yeah. um the one that i teach people if they're surrounded by other people um is that one of the physiological responses when your stress is that your mouth dries up mm -hmm. so what you can do is stop yourself from swallowing saliva let it build up and swish it around in your mouth and again goes to the physiological response and tells your body the opposite i'm not in life or death situation and it calms you down and that's probably the most useful one for a lot of people because you can do it when you're surrounded by other people most of the other the most of the other tricks like this you're obvious that you're kind of doing something that's probably the only one where yeah. you're doing it in people unless you have to talk people have got no idea that you're actually i love it i love it i will use it i love it <laughs> i love it hey so, go ahead jody you, you go ahead i was going to say so the three levels so that's the first level the second level of building your own resilience is there's certain lifestyle and mindset things that you can do that help you to be more resilient to the stresses in your life. Um, so if you go to the mindset things, things like how you view failures, um, failures setbacks, um, problems, um, how you view yourself has a huge difference. Um, do you look at the the world as it's working against you or it's actually everything is is making me better like there's a lot of mindset things that can make an enormous oh, that, that sounds schizophrenic that sounds schizophrenic you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and in terms of lifestyle there's lots of them so the three basics are your your um diet sleep and exercise but there's a lot of others so things like work-life balance um finding things that you love, relationships in your life, yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So that's the second level. And there are things that have an enormous difference yeah. in how you deal with stresses that come up. The third level, yeah. um, people, especially who people whose stress is a reoccurring regular issue in their life, and I'm very open in saying I was one of these people. It's why this ends up being my... Yeah. Um, my my area of speciality because it, it was a major um, right. challenge for me. So people who have this as a reoccurring thing, there's generally underlying subconscious things that can make an enormous difference to how they deal with stress in their life. So so things like um, people feeling they must be perfect or people feeling that they. Um, they're not good enough, that sort of stuff. And they're generally, as I said, subconscious yeah. things that people aren't aware of. So in, in coaching, when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. I dig deep and, and find these out as much as we can. And then and then once you're aware of it, then you can do things to kind of overcome it. Yeah. Because the important thing for, for, for organizational leaders is to ensure that the, the, the well-being of, of employees, you know, are, are up there, you know, perhaps not 100%, but as best as possible, you know, to, to ensure productivity. But um, there, there's this thing I'd like to talk to you about as it relates to the mental well-being as, as we touch on it. Because there is a, a researcher called Keyes um, who talked about flow and flourishing in, in the workplace, you know, and, and, and the idea of getting to that level of flourish, according to Keyes. But organizations are struggling to manage mental well-being of their staff why is that so um so what organizations generally do to help well-being of staff they kind of fit into two categories there's the um the responsive and the so the reactive and the preventative kind of 
basically. So reactive is things like a lot of especially larger organisations. Are you familiar with EAP programs, employee assistance programs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. So larger organisations have things that are what I call more reactive. So somebody is feeling stressed. They have, um, so EAP is where there's a, um, a counsellor available that people can talk to to help them work through issues, but it's reactive. So what that means is it's not actually addressing the cause. So that's the first thing. So then ideally organisations to manage wellbeing, yes, that reactive stuff is very, very, very important, but you want to be preventative rather than reactive to create things that are actually going to help wellbeing. So what I see a lot of organisations doing is they'll do things that either only work for a smaller proportion of their staff or they're almost like a surface level. So we saw a lot of this in COVID. Yeah. So during COVID, um, employee employers did things like um, care packages for staff. So that they'll, they sent out people working from home and they'd send out a little package of, I don't know, some chocolates and maybe a stuffed toy and, and, and yeah. So that stuff's great and it actually helps people feel um, feel valued and cared for, but is it actually addressing the root cause of what's causing the stress? Probably not. So the other sort of things that organisations do is things like um, organised meditation and yoga sessions. And they're fantastic, big fan of meditation and yoga, but it's, it's, it's a small percentage of people who are, and it's a small percentage of people who it works for. So the preventative stuff that I find organisations generally do is either doesn't apply to a large cross-section of staff or it really is kind of surface level and doesn't get to the root of what's causing the stress. So organisations generally um, struggle with managing wellbeing because they're not getting to the heart of what the actual problem is, which goes back to one of your earlier questions around how do organisations manage a resilient culture. The first step is find out what's actually going on and then respond accordingly. So it's a long-winded way of answering the question, but um, the way that organisations are generally been managing it isn't getting to that root of the problem. They need to find out what the root of the issue is and really address that directly. So the way they do that and the way they can manage wellbeing better going forward is really get to the root, find out exactly what's going on, yeah. what are the challenges, what are causing the stresses, and actually really work through and, and address them. And sometimes that requires an outside kind of help or consultant um, to help with that process um sometimes people can do it internally it sort of depends on the dynamics and the the issues yeah. that we're talking about yeah it's interesting though because um organization you talk about the aip right um what happened is that they, they tend to outsource that a lot because you know i mean you don't want people to think that okay i'm crazy now so i'm going to be seeing the counselor I'm, you know, I'm going into a program. So organization try to outsource that so that the other employees do not see. And, and, and that speaks to a point that you have made about um, persons, the psychological safety thing. Okay, I, if I say things, if, I, you know, if I'm exposed to the other employees, then this is going to be a problem. So I'm going to be hush-hush with my mental challenge. Tell me, though, is it that this coffee break thing right this coffee break a lot of organization might not have used coffee break but coffee, coffee break? break coffee break can be a sort of a, a um proactive way of dealing with mental challenges would you say so you mean just giving people time out to, to yeah. take some and, and providing the coffee providing the let, let me tell you this there's this place that i used to work the organization provide um, pastries, coffee, every 45 minutes, you see a tray coming out. So you, you, you understand that that will be there. You'll get a 15-minute break. 
it's it's interesting it goes to a couple of the principles so one it goes to the people feeling cared for and valued because the organization's providing that um but the fact of of a permission of being able to take some time out that's when you go to the the first level um things that you can do to to when you're feeling stressed one of those is just basically take some time out so go for a walk for 10 minutes or whatever so the fact that there's permission to be able to walk away from your workstation and take some time out yes that does help with stress it, it it's 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 part of the puzzle um definitely not the whole puzzle but yeah yeah interesting though you're listening to Kenyut Exploration. I am Dr. Kenyut White, sitting in with Jodie. Um, as I as I keep saying out of Australia, she the morning starts for her. She'll be up and, and going while in a couple of hours I will be in bed. But that's cool. <laughs> that's all right, Jodie. Jodie, building resilient culture, is it the same across all industries, organizational industries? Um, yes and no. So there are things, pretty much nearly every industry has some degree of stress in it. And there's some things that are consistent across different industries. Um, so things like work demands and, and deadlines and that sort of stuff are most industries, not all. But what you find is that different industries have certain things that that are particular to those industries. So, for example, one of the big one that people are really aware of at the moment are your healthcare workers. Okay. So your healthcare workers are um, dealing with um, quite often life or death situations. So they're dealing with very large, um, large implications of them doing something wrong or them um, making a mistake. So they and they're quite often um, trying to juggle multiple demands and things that may be out of their control and budgets working within budgets and staffing and that sort of stuff so if you take the stresses of that sort of industry and compare that to just say what's another one just say your average accountant yeah. so your average accountant has things like probably quite demanding customers, has things like um, legal compliance kind of regulations in, in what they do. Mm -hmm. They have things like if they make a mistake financially, a lot of the time a big, big implication for their um, customers. So that's quite different to your healthcare worker but they're both very quite stressful in very different ways. So, yeah, it does depend on the industry, but nearly every industry has something. So if you think through, I mean, like think through sort of, I don't know, your teachers, your your um, your, your retail dealing with um, sometimes customers who are not the nicest to you for various reasons. Um, yeah, there's going to be different stresses for different organizations definitely but there are also undercurrents and, and commonalities yeah. as well well that's interesting though i love that you know you know i i i like the way how you 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 put it across and that you know it's, it's interesting that that happens across different organizations different industries um i consider the firefighters as well the, the first responders you talk about the health you know but also the firefighters right but um, I, I'd like to look at that one essential characteristic of leaders who are looking to create this sort of a resilient culture that you have been talking about. Yep. Um, I would say consistently the most important um, characteristic for leaders in setting up this really positive, resilient culture is their own emotional um, intelligence. Okay. So emotional intelligence it's got two sides to it. People normally only think of one side of it. The first side of emotional intelligence, which is not as well known, is the person knowing themselves, mm -hmm. knowing what their triggers are, what makes them excel, what makes them um, maybe not react as, as rationally. Um, it's a real know yourself and be in control and self-manage 
around yourself. Now, that's the size, I said, the side of emotional intelligence that's not talked about that much, but the reality is leaders set the tone. So if they're in a really good state in themselves, they're setting the tone for everybody else. The other side of emotional intelligence is being able to really connect with, empathise and have that emotional social connection with um, the people around you, which for any good leader is is extremely important. Um, and the larger the organisation gets, the harder that is mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, Jody, we, we are, you know, as we, as we, you know, try to wrap up, but we are going into a new workplace, a new organisational culture, right, after this pandemic. We don't know when this will end. However, organizations trying to, to reopen now, to reestablish, right? Uh, and, and, and therefore, this new organizational culture, culture had started. What would be your advice to organizational leaders as they go back to work, back into this new organizational system? Um, what would be your advice as it relates to, to resilience? Because it's, it's challenging coming out of this. Yep. Um, I would basically say have really authentic, um, honest connection with your staff. Now, as I said before, largely the organisation, the harder that gets, but most you want to actually find out what your what's going on with your staff. So if you make assumptions around what's the best setup, what's going to work for people, you're generally going to assume the wrong thing. So you need to really find out what's going on with your staff. So um, what are are the challenges they're facing? What are their concerns? Um, Where are they at in terms of their state at the moment? Um, What are the other things that, that might be going on in their life that that are a, a problem? What are the roadblocks to them feeling like they can actually really do their, their job well? Um, you can't assume those things. You need to really find out. And you can find out, you can do things like engagement surveys, be a little bit careful with engagement surveys because they can be answered according to how they're written, um, if that makes sense. So you can mould answers by how you word the questions and also people can get concerned around them being anonymous and that sort of stuff but uh but there's other ways so things like um one-on-one conversations and really connecting with your staff across the organization to find out exactly what's going on that has to be the absolute key um as i said earlier on i feel like i'm sort of going over the same thing but it's the fundamentals um you've got to really find out where people are at what they need what are their challenges what's working well um and then respond to that accordingly so that, as I said, most people want to do a good job. You want to empower them to be in a good state and do a good job, which is better for them. It's also better for the organisation. So, yeah. Before I go into your social media and some of the, the things that you do so that you, the people can can talk with you, I, I want to, to find out your opinion as it relates to organisations are now dying because of the, the, the pandemic. Will there be some organizations that actually die, some industry that will actually close down? You know, what's it's, a huge, it's a huge question. Um, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's a huge question. I think if we look back at this in terms of historically, not specifically the pandemic, there are right. different market pressures and different things that change all the time. And there are things that um, some organisations don't survive. So if you take back to, like, you remember your your Kodaks of the world or your blockbuster videos or your Encyclopedia Britannica, um, those organisations in their day were huge, but they didn't necessarily change with the times. So... This is in that way is not a new phenomenon. Things change and organisations have to change so that they survive. To answer your question, yeah, probably there will be ones that don't survive 
yeah. as to what they are. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, there's some obvious there's some obvious industries that have been really seriously affected by this, like your, your travel, your retail, your hospitality. Yeah. Um, and a lot of other organise a lot of industries that are almost indirectly being very affected by it that aren't the obvious ones. Yeah. Um, so it probably is yes, there are probably organisations and industries that are going to either have to really change yeah. or may not survive. But that, is, as I said, it's not something new. That's why I kind of went back to the history. Yeah. And Kodak in its day was huge. Yeah, I know, right? A lot of engineering have to take place. Hey, Jody, what what do you do in terms of your business, right? Um, you know, no, we we want to people to engage you, right? Eventually, after this this um podcast, uh, um, your website is scrolling across. However, I'd like you to 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 tell us what that website is because there are persons not watching, but they are listening on their favorite podcast platform. Okay, so my website is www.jodywalkling.com. So I'm sure in the show notes you'll get the spelling of my name. Right. So it's just jodywalkling.com. Um, in there, there's sort of information around um, what are the different services that I do. There's lots of um, ways that people can actually reach out to me and have a chat um, to me or organise through, through, yeah, organise to basically connect. Um, there's also, I'll mention in there too, um, around organisational leaders. Um, I have a book that's just been released. It was only released last week, um, which is designed for organisational leaders or your, your high, higher up um, sort of managers around what are some of the big cultural issues that repeatedly come up. Um, so there's an option there. They can find out more about that there as well. Well, I, I'm going to stop you there because I won't let you go without telling me about that book. Say something about that book. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's pretty much a an awareness piece around what are some of the biggest cultural challenges that that I see repeatedly, and what are sort of the what of the what are the impacts, and what of the what's the the, the long term cost of having those cultural. Mm -hmm. challenges um, and there's case studies in there and all, all of basically how this sort of shows up um, what's the name yeah. of the book what's the world, name of world class leadership okay where do we get that book go onto my website there's a book page on my website and that gives you all the information and you can register from there cool. one of the things I'd like you to do to spell that name that last name <laughs> As it relates to in the website, because persons listening might not, you know, have yep. the right website. I'll spell my first name too, actually. Oh, you're right, please. I, I actually do have the Jody can be spelled about five different ways. Right. So um, Jody is just J O D I, and then my surname W O E L K E R L I N G. That's so com. just. Website's right. just jodywalkling.com. Right. I, I want people to understand that. People are listening and not seeing from YouTube. and It's running across the screen on YouTube. But those persons listening to Can Youth Exploration on their favorite podcast platform would, would, would hear the spelling. Right. Um, Jody, you also have a Facebook um, account, Facebook page. Yep. Tell us about that. Yep, so if you just search Jody Welkling Enterprises on Facebook, that will come up. Um, in terms, so the, the, there's posts and all that sort of stuff. I don't majorly focus on Facebook. Probably my main social media presence is LinkedIn. Um, but, yes, you can definitely reach out to me or, or see um, I post fairly regularly across um, Facebook and LinkedIn so you can see sort of my content across those. So, yeah. <laughs> that's cool that's cool but um linkedin linkedin you you want well you know people can also find your link linkedin yeah. you know, i'm very i'm very active on linkedin so um if people want to miss find me on linkedin they can look up jody Wokling or as you've got across the screen um resilient culture consultant with dashes in between right um mm -hmm. yep go ahead go ahead um, jody 
yeah, yeah, sorry. And basically they can see sort of my profile from there and things that I've posted and, as I said, um, reach out and message me through there. And the final one here, your YouTube channel. That's a relatively new kind of thing. It's probably only been the last couple of months that I've been really focusing on that. So any of my videos that, that I um, release, and there's usually at least one a week, um, they go on there so they can see some of my content on there. Okay, okay, Jody. So I'm hoping that people will engage your, your business and to, to get some you know some information from you you have a wealth of um knowledge and um i i i know that you know i would recommend people to talk with you because um you have i've learned some things from you right despite the fact that i'm, I'm also in organizational um leadership you know behavioral um, um aspect of things but um you know i learned from you uh, you know a number of things and that is that is very very important jody so I would ask people to to engage Jody to 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 find her website and to read her book. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's out and Amazon is on Amazon as well. No, no, I've yeah. done it sort of. Um, yeah, basically the website's the way to go. Okay, so the website is the way to go. So I will ensure that that. They, hey, Jody, it's it's so nice talking to you. I am excited when we talk about organizations. Every time I have a podcast guest. Um, talking to me about organizations. I am excited about it because you're talking my language, right? And <laughs> we can talk a lot about it, right? So, um, Jody, it's nice talking to you and um, have a good morning where you're at and I will have a good night. <laughs> Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting. You're welcome, Jody. You're welcome. All right. So that was Jody out of Australia. And um, I want you to, to engage her and her website to, to, to talk to her. You know, there, there's some way you can get in touch to have a talk with her. And um, also have her come and talk with your organization, right? Um, I, I guess that she, she would be able to, to, to have, based on the fact that we're having the pandemic challenge now, she will have virtual discussion with your organization, wherever in the world you are. Um, trust me, she will. Right. So, so, you know, get in touch with Jody. You see her, her um, website running across the this, this, this screen and, and, and um, you heard on, on your favorite podcast platform. She's also on LinkedIn and um, she's also on YouTube, um, uh, uh, you know, from time to time. Look, we still have a pandemic. I'm encouraging you to take the vaccine. I'm not telling you. Right, I had done my my two Pfizer, and um, we we need to to do the right thing, you know, whatever you think the right thing is, right? And um, remember also, wash your hands, wear your mask, and keep your distance. This was Kenyut Exploration, your topic in the podcast. I am Doctor Kenyut White, and you never know what we will talk about next. So stay tuned. Goodbye. <music>